taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, 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 your boy, T.O., as you know. It's your boy, O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, the one-stop shop for everything TV, medium, form related, along with any of the goddamn thing we're going to talk about coming to you live, direct. At this at this point, we're just always going to be in quarantine land. It's just, uh, it's just a fact of life at this point. So You know what's crazy, Hello. though? All 50 mm. states at this point have begun phase one of like reopening. Um, I think they even said... Uh, I think I read something recently that said Disney World is planning to reopen on July 11th. Um, I know in Maryland. So as <laughs> as of this Friday, uh, what is today? Is today the 28th or the 29th? I believe it's the 28th. Uh, 28th. Yeah, yeah. So I believe as of um, Friday or um, May 29th, which is tomorrow at 5 p.m., uh, bars and uh, restaurants and like other small businesses like some retail are going to be allowed to start reopening uh, so long as those bars and restaurants have outdoor seating and then, you know, uh, uh, continue to do like the six feet apart seating rule. Um, America just decided the coronavirus is over. Let's do it. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> fuck, fuck the coronavirus. Let's get back to business. We're losing a lot of money. We're willing to sacrifice your lives in order to jumpstart the economy and get these stock prices back up. Yeah. You know what? At this point, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, I think I've stopped. I've gotten over this whole, you know, being shocked that like, oh, my God, like you guys just don't care about people. Like we don't even, you know, half these places that are opening back up. You know, they yeah, do. We actually know that they have the protocols in place, you know, to uh, to justify the reopenings. Uh, so I've now just resigned to like, yeah, fuck it. All right. They, they're just barbarians. You know, they don't give a fuck, you know, uh, and, you know. I get the like I, I've always maintained that I've gotten the like the the idea that like, hey, like the economy needs to like get going again. Otherwise, we're going to face, you know, mass unemployment if we're not already there at mass unemployment. I think the levels are higher than what they were at. Uh, higher uh, than the Great Depression. Know, the, the, higher than any Great other Depression, time in yeah. human history <laughs> for the most. Exactly. Part. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I get it. Right. But also it's just like, well, you don't want a boomerang effect where you reopen just to have to shut back down again. Yeah. So. I think in the future there there's only going to be one of two options either they're just uh either they are going to shut down again or they're just not going to shut down again either either option is very scary you know and so you know here's to hoping that everything kind of works out and you know we don't have some sort of boomerang effect uh of the virus coming back in full effect you know uh but you know whatever uh it is what it is, I guess. You know, what do you I'm think? I'm saying that a lot lately. Uh, and I, I know we got some show to get to. We're, we're going to get to. We're probably going to have a, a, um, a faster show today. But what do you think about all the conspiracy yeah. theories? Like, rich people started the virus, population control. Um, the government started the virus to like you know get people back in order or something like that. What do you think? Of, is there any theory that you've heard that makes sense, or are you under the the, the thinking that they're all just stupid as fuck? Uh, I, I think that. People, when they have these conspiracy theories, they often don't look at like what like the thing I always look at is motivation. Like, what's the motivation to do whatever the thing is? Right. So if you're if you're if you're that if you're of the elk that, oh, the government, um, you know, did this in order to, you know, get martial law and shit like that. It's like 
no, the government is essentially, at least this iteration of our government is in the business of just keeping everything going along business-wise. They deregulate constantly so that people don't have to fucking worry about, you know, uh, you know, being held to certain standards when it comes to like pollution or shit like that. So it's like, uh, so it's like, why would, um, why would they shut shit down with the virus, uh, in order to get martial law if it, freezes the economy if it uh freezes everything up you know um it just doesn't make any sense and then you know if you're looking at this from like oh it's just people trying to control the world and shit like that okay but they the people who you know supposedly run the world they want the same shit they want everything business booming you know um and so the the one thing that i could say is like okay maybe there might be some credence to this is um people taking advantage of the situation. That's the only thing that I think is the logical sort of situation that's going on is, is that when you have some sort of disaster, there's always people who are like, all right, like, let's see what we can do to help. Let's see what we can do to, to fix it. Yada, yada. There's other people who are like, oh yes, we've been waiting for this, uh, this fucking disaster to, uh, this pandemic to go on. So we can take advantage of every fucking scenario in it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the bank, uh, the bank's vault is open and they're like, we're, we're walking out with all sorts of fucking cash. So that I can believe in, but no sort of I don't know if there's any sort of credence to some sort of mass conspiracy that this was started by any one group or, or, you know, organization in order to execute some sort of crazy ass scheme or whatever. I just think it's people being people. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the global economy, the amount of money lost in no way justifies what has been gained by like a a select few. Right. Uh, It's just a sacrifice that would make sense. Like let's lose, uh, I think, like, the, for example, the sports industry, right? Uh, when you look at basketball, hockey, baseball, uh, football, MMA, put all the sports together, they're probably going to lose upwards of like $30 billion, $40 billion globally, right? Or it, maybe even just domestically. Um, what is to gain from that, right? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then yeah, all but, uh, then all of the commerce that follows that outside, like bars and restaurants, you know, selling beers and food because of sporting events, merchandise sales, ticket uh, sales to those events, uh, billions and billions of dollars lost. Absolutely nothing to be gained from it. So uh, I haven't heard I honestly haven't heard one conspiracy that to me makes sense. But um, anyway, I just figured I'd get your take on it. Uh, let's get yeah. into the show. We got some trailers, right? Uh, yeah. So, but before we get into the trailers, let's talk about what's, uh, what's actually coming out on, uh, streaming this particular, uh, week. Um, so, uh, so this week we've got some, some things going on, uh, on HBO, uh, slash, and I'm just going to combine that with HBO max. All right. I'm not going to give you fucking HBO two different spots. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they get the same exact spot. <laughs> uh, so we, we've got, uh, on HBO, we've got, uh, Lucy in the sky. Uh, that was actually, it's an, it's a throwback for, to 2019. Um, yeah, I just forgot what year we're in. I was like, wait, isn't it 2019? Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got lost very quickly. Uh, but yeah, Lucy in the Sky, that's going to be premiering on uh, HBO this uh, this week. Uh, on Hulu, we've got Rami Season 2, which I don't know if you ever caught that on uh, Hulu, which I, I don't think you watch too many things on Hulu, so I, I would doubt it. Nope. But... <laughs> but uh but that's coming out uh i watched part of season one uh it was good from from the what i the parts of it that i was able to check out um 
So that's uh, season two of that's coming out uh, this uh, this week. Uh, and Amazon Prime, we have The Vast of Night, which is uh, uh, Amazon original uh, movie uh, that's premiering this this week on Amazon Prime, which uh, that was about uh, like it, it, I think it's set in like the 19 like 30s or 40s or something like that. Some some time, you know, way back when. Uh, and there's like some event that happens and people are trying to race to see what it is. It's kind of like um uh, I, you know, like if aliens came to earth and in, in that time period, you know, people trying to scramble and figure out what's going on. Um, I remember watching that trailer, uh, a little while back, uh, on Netflix, we have Hannah, uh, Gadsby, uh, uh, Douglas. It's a comedy special. Uh, I did check out the trailer for it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, didn't, didn't seem all that funny. Um, <laughs> And then uh, we have I'm No Longer Here, uh, which is a film. Then we have uh, Doro Hedro, uh, which is an anime uh, that I was I definitely pronounced incorrectly. Um, and then we have uh, La Corazondada, uh, which is also a Netflix film. And then we have, of course, the, the premiere for Space Force, which I've heard some reviews about it. Uh, I, I usually don't listen to reviews, um, but uh, but I did hear uh, that. Uh, yeah, I don't think people took too, too, uh, too well to the show, to say the least. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like I heard the f- initial reviews for Space Force weren't uh, Space Force weren't stellar. Um, yeah, but may- maybe like uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. Damn, <laughs> should have been should have been on top of that one. Uh, but maybe like. Um, one of Netflix's other recent premieres, Black as Fuck, they've got like, you know, slow start and then it'll it'll pick up traction. Um, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I'm definitely going to check out a, a couple of episodes of that show. 100%. Yeah, you always got to check it out for yourself versus just like listening to like what people fucking say about it. Uh, then we have uh, Somebody Fed Phil season three. And then we have in a throwback, uh, we have Uncut Gems, which I'm definitely going to watch this week because I definitely didn't watch the uh, I didn't watch it in theaters when it came out. Uh, and I was I was hoodwinked by Netflix because they, uh, they showed that it was coming out on Netflix when it first came out uh, in in theaters. But that was just for our UK. I think it was the just the UK or maybe just foreign you know, uh, markets altogether uh, on Netflix. Uh, so now finally it's coming out in the U.S. on Netflix. Uh, we're getting uncut gems. Uh, and then I'm expanding our pool here to uh, to Apple TV Plus, Disney Plus, Peacock for whatever Jeez. reason. I, you know, I might I might just nix that just uh, because the name's offensive alone. But um, <laughs> uh, but uh, of those, uh, the only one that has anything premiering this particular week is Amazon or uh, Amazon uh, Apple TV Plus, which uh, they're premiering. Uh, Central Park, which is an animated show by the the creators of uh, Bob's Burger, I believe. Uh, uh, they're um, they're creating this new show called Central Park, so that's uh, that's premiering this particular week. All right, let's uh, let's jump forward here. To I our, think. I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I actually think it was last week. The uh, the making of the Mandalorian. Um, I think that did premiere on Disney Plus. I'm not sure if we announced that one. But we've talked about it. And I th- yeah, I thought that was out. For, I've been out for a while. Really? Unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. No, nah, because I remember it was announced and then it was coming. And then I think it's mm-hmm. it came last week. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. If, but obviously, we didn't uh, do our our regular show this past Sunday. So not sure. But Making of the Mandalorian is like the newest thing on um, Disney+. Plus. It, it's, it's surprising, though. Disney Plus does not have like a lot of new content. They just have a massive catalog. 
Um, but new content has not been their thing, apparently. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's like, that's the knock on the Disney Plus is like, and what they were banking on is having all these new Marvel shows to show uh, that are now going to get pushed back, of course, because production was halted due to the, the coronavirus. Uh, at least to my, uh, at least I believe I don't. I, you know, I, I need to go confirm that they they actually were pushed back, like uh, 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 Falcon and the uh, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, um, that was supposed to be the first one, right? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I believe Soldier. so. I believe so. Yeah, um, and then you have Hawkeye, Low uh, Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, those were all supposed to drop, I believe, in this year, uh, and that was supposed to be sort of like their come you know their call to action to to not abandon but yeah if they don't have anything premiering i have no interest in watching uh anything disney plus related i for I, one I, will I'm not good. renew <laughs> well you're locked in for a year so you you have no say <laughs> when did that year so the year started it was like november of 2019 so we're slowly approaching okay. and i don't foresee any of those um I, I would be surprised if uh the falcon and the winter soldier is on Disney Plus by November. Yeah. Uh, in anywho, uh, let's uh, l- let's push forward here. Let's talk about our first uh, story here, and it's not necessarily a story so much as it's uh, a trailer. Um, so we have uh, we we got this past week. Uh, we got a trailer for uh, Spike Lee's new joint, um, and so uh, it's called uh, The Five Bloods. Uh, and so let me uh, let me go ahead and give you the quick synopsis about this. Uh, four African Americans, uh, four African American vets, uh, battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam, seeking the remains of their fallen squad uh, leader uh, and the gold fortune he held. Uh, uh, he helped them find. Uh, this is, of course, like I said, uh, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, it's written by Spike Lee as well as Danny Bilson, Paul uh, uh, Day Mayo, and uh, Kevin Wilmot, and stars uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Delroy uh, Lindo, Clark Peters, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., uh, and is due out on Netflix uh, on June twelfth uh, of this uh, of this year. Uh, so yeah, what you uh, what do you think of the uh, the trailer when you when you saw it? Uh, the trailer looks good. I like the way this is graded um, to provide mm-hmm. that like that. Uh, that that texture fitting like the time in which this was this was shot and this was happening right it looks mm-hmm. like you know like an old vintage film um you know based off of a lot of like the different uh, again textures they use the way they shoot the film so aesthetically and visually this looks really really good like it's just interesting it's eye-pleasing um and i think spike lee always does really great storytelling i i wonder how and when they're going to do the uh that initial or that that famous Spike Lee shot that they do, yeah. you know, like where they're the actors on a card and they appear to be like floating through their environment. Um, I would love to see that in this type of project, but like just looking at the cast, I mean, um, obviously Chadwick Boseman, we got uh, Delroy Lindo, love him, Clark Peters, who everyone uh, may know from the wire, as well as Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Who everyone knows from the wire as well, or um, uh, his, his famous line you're probably gonna remember this like she remember that <laughs> that's him uh if you've never seen the wire you may not get that but that is yeah, like a cultural uh it's just it, it's it's iconic um uh quote or sound effect from that show 
you know, if you've seen The yeah. Wire, you you know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say like she. Um, so again, the cast looks great. Spike Lee joint, really interesting storytelling. I love the way this uh, film is graded by the trailer. Uh, I'm gonna be on the lookout for this. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking out for it. Uh, and it, and it's interesting to see sort of where Spike's uh, career sort of goes. Uh, it's been interesting to see where his career has gone in sort of like the post, like, I think he had his like real heyday in like what, like the nineties and early like two thousands. Right. Like we just have so many films from Spike Lee that are just like classics. Right. Yeah. Malcolm X, one of the best films of all time, you know, um, um, uh, uh, why am I forgetting the name? Um, damn. (laughs) <laughs> as soon as I try to think of the fucking name of the film, I I, I forget it. Um, uh, do, do the, the right, right thing. thing. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant to say. She's got to um, have it. Jungle she's fever. Have it. Yeah, Th- those were all that were like in the nineties, uh, uh, in like the late nineties, early or maybe just throughout the nineties, and then uh, early two thousands. Um, but it's interesting to see sort of what he's done past that because you know he had a very specific tone that he sort of set in in a lot of his films and to uh to to see some of the more recent films um that he's that he's done um it's been it's been you know uh, i think it's been a little hit or miss for me um as far as that goes like so for instance like black klansman i thought was a was it was a great film um but then some of his other things that he's done of late uh i don't know maybe i could uh i could have probably missed them a little bit um but um, but yeah, this this looks dope. Um, it looks like it could be really interesting delving into uh, a, a part of uh, our you know uh, the history and past of of America that I don't think is necessarily explored too much um, in terms of uh, you know the 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 plight of black soldiers uh, and here specifically talking about uh, in Vietnam. Um, so you know I'm always welcome to seeing what he does next. Next, uh, it's been interesting to see sort of where everything has gone for him. Um, but uh, but but yeah, uh, I'm excited to see this and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, with that being said, we will um, we will jump forward here to our next trailer that uh, that we want to talk about, which I'm pretty sure you're excited to talk about, uh, which is this uh, only cam LA trailer that uh, that we got. Um, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, let me give you the quick synopsis. Um, uh, let me make sure I'm sure here. Uh, seduction, fortune and online, uh, which I don't that's not even spelled correctly. Uh, online is the sexiest combination for Zeus. Uh, Zeus's new documentary series. Join us as we follow some of the most popular subscription based content creators uh, for a behind the scenes look at how they create their steamy content for major cash. Uh, so essentially, this is a show and I really wasn't even able to find out like details about the show about who's directing it who wrote it and i got it's a reality tv uh so i guess you know um maybe that information isn't uh, always readily available um but uh but this is uh only cam la is due out uh may 17th which is obviously last week uh so you can actually go watch it now um but it's basically just a bunch of like i guess cam people yeah yeah camp cam models who uh who just do some freaky ass shit uh and they talk about how much money they make uh but I, what i'm hoping for is that this delves into sort of like the darker side of it right so like rather than just talk about oh hey this shit is dope talk about you know uh, uh just like the the fucked up nature of the show uh, or uh, of this sort of uh uh lifestyle of yeah. um you know uh doing the so cam modeling and shit 
Uh, so again, you know, as you said, only camps LA. This is going to be premiering, or this is uh, actually has already premiered on the Zeus Network. Um, brought to you by Black China, who was like one of their, um, I believe, like one of their premier or Stark like content creators, or like one of the just the big names that will attract people to the Zeus Network. Um, but yeah, so this does focus on like people who do these like um, you know live cam videos, right? Uh, every porn website has them. Um, fan, only fans is like the new big um, uh, it's not necessarily porn or at least it's not always porn um, people can pretty much go on and sign up to watch their favorite uh, like Instagram model or celebrities uh, like private videos right whether it's just like a sexy you know I'm wet and I've got oil dripping all over me or I'm in the bathtub or I'm like it's putting very descriptive. I'm putting lotion on, or maybe I'm just like doing shit. I'm just like cooking breakfast for myself naked, right? People could go on and sign up and watch like whatever videos from whatever content creators they want. Um, you know, it is kind of laughable, right? Like when you see someone and they've got like an OnlyFans page, like you have a tendency to maybe look at them like, oh, like you're, you know, you're you're one of those people, like you're having sex on camera, right? Um, a lot of these people aren't having sex on camera. They're just doing like sexy things to entertain their audience. But most importantly, they're making a shit ton of fucking money. I think in the trailer, they, they're like doing an interview with one guy and he talks about how within the past month he'd made like $100,000. Again, uh, yeah. not in the year, in the month. So, you know, when you look at numbers like those, right, a million dollars a month is what, $1.2 million a year? When you look at numbers like those and, and you start to look at it from a business perspective, you're like, you know, if, I, if, if you've got to show a little something, but you're making $1.2 million a year, not bad. Um, but yeah, to your point, I hope this show does dive into like the darker side of like what what life is like when the cameras are off, um, you know, why these, these people who are doing these things have how and why they've come to make the decisions that they're making, uh, like what life experiences have brought them here. Like at the end of the day, is it all worth it? Um, so yeah. really interesting show. I'm going to try and um, start steal some of their content and find a way to watch this without paying for it <laughs> because i'm definitely not paying for it <laughs> fuck that yeah so that, that's actually what i was about to talk about next is uh so this comes to us from uh the zeus network which um they're uh, from what i could find out they're basically just like um there's just there's just they are this online network that has uh that bases all their content around um, like influencers. Uh, and so, you know, they, they, uh, black China is, um, she's, uh, executive producing this particular show, uh, only cam LA. Uh, and, uh, they actually had, I think, a, a show with her in the past. Like, I think it's like, welcome to black China. I don't know. It was yeah, called like something. China's house or something like that. Yeah. Something that you would expect that something like that would be called. Uh, <laughs> uh and, um, and so and, and they have like all these other shows that are kind of the same thing where, you know, they're they're based off of, you know, uh, influencers and shit like that. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily like my cup of tea, clearly. Uh, but uh, but, you know, I got to give props to them, you know, like in order to like build this and kind of build it out, uh, that takes some doing, you know. And so, you know, it might not necessarily be my content, but it's, you know, I, I got to give it up to them to, to build a network around that and to make it something that's kind of continuous and and still flowing is uh uh, that's uh, you know that that's something you know yeah uh, even if it's not like my type of content question for you when mm -hmm. 
someone is putting together an idea like the Zeus network, right? And they're building it around like social media influencers and like these types of content creators. Do you think they have like a fail safe built in? Like, hey, listen, this thing could, you know, the bubble could burst at any moment. We need to have a back door to get the fuck out of here if all if all of this fails, right? Because this could be a momentary thing. This like social media influencer, you know, could be a fad in 10 years people could be like, ah, we're moving on from this. We want like more richer, more like organic, um, genuine content, right? And then again, the whole thing, the bubble just bursts. Do you think that's a, a thought or do you think they're going into this like, hey, we're building like a real network around these influencers. This is something we're gonna continue to create more original content. And there's gonna be like a long-term audience for this type of thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, and there's two ways to answer that. The first is, I mean, you know, I don't think influencers or, you know, uh, content like that is going anywhere. Like, look at like reality TV, like how many, you know, fucking uh, housewives of fucking, you know, uh, Mars uh, have we gotten? You know, uh, it's just not reality TV is not going anywhere. There's people there's a there's an audience for it. There's uh, there's an appetite for it. It's not going anywhere. Um, but then also, too, I look at something like this. If they're smart they they would look at this just like any other business venture meaning that you start out with one thing and then that thing's going to mutate hopefully into something else and it has to perpetually do that because if you just stick with the same thing for, for too long well that thing is eventually going to like just it's just a course of nature right that it's going to run its course and that it'll get stale and it'll get dry and so you need to move it into something else um like even like even network TVs finding that nowadays, right? Like they're producing content and it's kind of the same old content that they've always produced. But what are they seeing now that, you know, streaming services are now taking over in terms of producing content, and new, weird, quirky content. Uh, look, we're, we're going to talk about a story. Uh, I think it might be it's not our next story, but the, the story after it. Um, where somebody created something online and now the uh, network is uh, now networks are trying to take advantage of that thing that's created online. That's like a new weird thing that are not a weird thing, but just uh, just a new thing overall. And so you you with any business, you have to constantly grow and see where we can get better, see what we can do different. Otherwise, you're going to look up and then, you know, five years passes you by and you've done OK for yourself, but everybody else is passing you by and then you're scrambling to you know, figure out what's next for you. So I think if they, you know, if they're, if they're approaching this, like, a, 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 you know, any sort of other business venture, then of course, you know, they're, they're planning to uh, what's the next thing, you know, how do we, how do we keep this thing pushing forward? Yeah. If I'm an investor, I still got one foot out the door. I'm like, you know, I, I have it in my contract. Like I get paid no matter what. Okay. I've got that LeBron contract. Uh, even if the, even if the NBA season this year goes bust and, and it's just canceled, I still get my full salary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, you got better lawyers than I do, I guess. Uh, all right, let, let's move to our uh, to our next uh, trailer. Um, we're going to talk about here. Um, we're going to talk about uh, a trailer that has me fucking excited uh, is uh, Tenet from Christopher Nolan. Now, we talked about his the first trailer that came out, uh, came out a while back. Uh, and now we're getting a more inclusive trailer, a more full trailer uh, this go around. Um uh, one that we see uh, John David Washington, um, you know, we see a little bit more about his character. Um, but for those who don't know, um, 
Tenet, uh, and this is no shit. I got this directly from uh, Wikipedia, but I found it hilarious. This is the description of the film. Uh, armed with only one word, Tenet, uh, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist jo- uh, journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time, not time travel inversion. And I found that description hilarious because it tells us absolutely jack shit about it literally doesn't even give the dude a name it just says the protagonist yeah like you you could have went to imdb and found out that david wash uh or john david washington Washington. is the protagonist very lazy uh description um (laughs) no well not lazy i think it's just on purpose it's 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 christopher nolan to a t like don't give us a goddamn thing just give us the bare minimum. Um, but yeah, Christopher Nolan is directing this. Uh, he wrote it as well. Uh, it stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, uh, Elizabeth uh, Dobicki, or Dibicki, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, uh, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, and is due out uh, for now uh, on July 17th in theaters. Uh, and so, uh, did you, you know, if you got a chance to watch this second trailer, what did you think about it? I thought this second trailer was uh, phenomenal. I mean, like the mm. the first teaser trailer that they released, I thought that gave us a lot of like really interesting, uh, like conceptual information to, in terms of like like what this movie is possibly about, right? Like the different realities and how time is not, you know, what you think it is at all times, right? Um, again, this trailer gave us a little bit more about John David Washington's character and and, and like the type of mission that they may be on. Uh, and, and just really cool action sequences and visuals. Um, I was already sold on this movie. Um, this trailer sold me even more. What I'm hoping is that they do not release a third trailer. Um, just, you know, we've had the three trailer setup for quite some time with like a lot of the, the bigger, more recent films. Given that this movie is due out in July, I think what we have here is enough. I, I would hate to see another trailer or like two more trailers. Um, and I, I hope this releases in theaters. I don't know if I'll be there. But maybe, maybe if like I find out that, you know, the trailer that I'm uh, or, or the theater near me has like some type of special shit that they're doing to make sure I don't fucking die. And maybe then I'll go see this in theaters. Um, but one way or another, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought this trailer was interesting. Uh, it did two things that I actually didn't like. Uh, for one, it, it gave, I think too much of the plot away like at this point like dude like the the movie's like a month away but i guess i understand the wanting to do that because it's like if you can't just tell people to go see a movie that they don't know anything about like i don't care if you're christopher nolan or not like if and and especially if there's no other movies you want this to be sort of like the thing that brings people back to the movies well you need to attract like the broadest audience and you're not going to do that with something that like nobody knows what the fuck it's about right like i'm not no people aren't gonna risk their lives for shit that's like i mean i i don't even know how to even describe the movie <laughs> you know uh people love basically simple shit you know um at least in order to to appeal to everybody you know and so um so i think this gave away too much for me but i understand the reason why they did it but then also too um uh i don't I don't, I love Christopher Nolan and he's my favorite director uh, working right now. Um, And so I I hesitate to say this, but I think it has to be said. 
I don't think this is the movie that should be the first one coming back. I think if it was like, uh, I think Wonder Woman would be better suited for this. I think even Black Widow would be better suited for this because this seems like perhaps his most complicated film yet. And I don't think this is going to drive people out to go see it. Like, I think your 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 diehard moviegoers will 100% go and see this. I I, I think I've already settled on. I, I definitely am going to have to go see this because of, you know, that's that, you know, we, we do a movie podcast. I'd be doing <laughs> I would not be doing my due diligence if uh, if if this, you know, uh, once in a lifetime sort of or hopefully this once in a lifetime experience of, you know, the theater shutting down and, you know, and then this is the movie that sort of welcomes us back. I'm definitely going to go see it. But I don't think that the mass audiences are going to be able to go or are, are going to want to go see this movie because it seems like it's going to be a really, really complicated. Like people people still have a hard time understanding Inception. And it's been 10 years since that movie came out. Uh, and so I don't know. Uh, I just don't. I don't uh, I don't know if this is the right one, you know, to uh, to, to get back to theaters. But uh, but it's what we you know, it, it's not the. uh it, it may not be the movie we wanted to, uh, to welcome us back to the theaters, but it's the one we're going to have. So, yeah. you, know, we're, we're, you know, it is what it is. You know, what, uh, and, I, and I do want to move on to the next uh, trailer here, but you bring up a good point, man. Like uh, this movie may be a bit too cognitive. It may require a bit too much thinking um, for being like the first the- the theatrical uh, release or film release in theaters, um, you know, during this whole like coronavirus pandemic, uh, if there's one thing we know about Americans is that they do not like to think for themselves, right? <laughs> and this movie is going to require a lot of thought. You know, it's surprising, like when I like read the comment or when I read the comments in the comment section on Instagram about like a movie like this or a movie like Inception, people to your point years later still don't get Inception, and I'm like, you've had ten years to figure it out. <laughs> um, you know, Tenet, you know, the 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 concept of the film is not entirely new i think it's just like you know obviously it's dealing with like time and um and the possibilities of different uh flows of time or different sequences of time at multiple or multiple times or sequences happening at the same time right (laughs) (laughs) see you you even trying to describe it makes you sound stupid (laughs) but it makes Uh, time and at one time there could be like three different sequences of time happening or you know so on and so on, right? It, it, wait, wait, you're, you're talking about uh, what movie? Are you talking about Inception? No, I'm just talking about like what a setup for a movie like Tenet may be. It may be, oh, it, Tenet. Okay, it may okay, deal okay. with the reality that at a given time, there could be three different sequences of time happening. Something along those lines, right? Um, so it, uh, yeah, it's really it. not the most like complicated thing. Um, and it looks like a great film. Like the action looks great. The actors in this film looks great. Um, but I, I saw a lot of comments online about people saying like, well, I didn't get the trailer. I'm not going to see the movie. What the fuck is the point of seeing the movie if you understand the entire film from the trailer? <laughs> like, where is yeah. your sense of curiosity? When I watch a trailer for a movie, I want to be entertained a little bit. I want to understand a little bit of what's going on. I don't want to know the rest. Like, give me enough to excite me and entertain me and intrigue me. And then I'll go to the theater to see the rest. There are a lot of people who want to understand everything about the film in the trailer. I don't get that. Makes no sense. Well, so, so, but like, and this is the last thing I'll say about it is, is, uh, 
the the problem with this particular movie is that like you want to get like basically everybody out to the theaters again because for one they're gonna it's gonna have to be really limited seating right like they can't just be like all right everybody sit next to each other and it's fine no they're gonna have to like space people out and so that means that you're not going to be able to see this like maybe unless you buy your tickets like dumb early like you're not gonna be able to see it like the first night maybe even not even the second night um so the problem is like if you're trying to get like families out, like a family isn't going to go out and see tenant. Like that's just <laughs> like, you know, the kid's not going to be sitting there like, Hmm, you know, what do you, what do you think about the practicalities of time travel? You know, like, yeah. no, like, uh, it's not going to happen, you know? So, um, that, and that's my only argument again, as a Christopher Nolan fan. And I know there's, you know, the fanboys like clicking away right now, like, fuck you, man. It's going to be awesome. You wait and see. Like, that's not even what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm sure it's going to be like a dope movie um that i'll appreciate but i just don't think to the masses it's going to you know resonate um yeah. because it's just going it's going to be a really complicated movie i think um it might be a dope cool movie but it's going to be complicated and so i just don't know if this is the right one to open things up with you know if you're trying to get everybody back out as like a as like a rallying cry you know for the theater industry but uh in any event uh we 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 uh at, what what is the uh what is the thing we persist is that the thing yeah that, like the I feel like yeah, you ask I, this question every time. I ask it all the fucking time. I <laughs> I can't I can't tell a lie. I, I really do ask it all the time. All right, let's uh let's persist. Uh let's talk about our, our next story. Uh we have um uh some good news uh in that uh at least for uh John Krasinski, because he definitely came up on a bag. Um so uh for those who don't know, some good news is a new show that is uh dedicated to essentially telling uh strictly uh uh good news, uh quote unquote. Um and uh it was uh started by John Krasinski and basically just him like in his house just talking to people and shit um during the uh the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh in each episode he discusses um several feel good stories and invites celebrities guests. Uh, celebrity guest uh, to join him in the conversation, basically following a bidding war uh, uh, that uh, that you know a lot of these like networks and and, and places were having um, for the show uh, Viacom CBS, which is basically just CBS, um, uh, came away uh, as uh, I guess the winner, um, you know the sweepstakes so to speak, uh, and so they they snatched the show up, but now uh, word is out that uh, Krasinski not only sold the show, but he's not going to be the regular host anymore. Uh, it's going to be somebody else who's going to be the host of the show um, in whatever sort of way that uh, CBS wants to put it out. Um, and But he'll he'll still be executive producing the show and maybe from time to time coming in and doing a couple episodes here and there of the, of the show, but, uh, but he's not going to be the main host anymore. Uh, so, uh, you know, just to give you some stats on some good news, uh, in its, uh, in the two months, uh, that's, uh, some good news has been on, uh, on YouTube, uh, it's collected more than 2.5 million, uh, subscribers and, uh, the show, the show ranges from about, uh, you know, it, it can range in like the views, but they're in the millions, uh, in terms of the actual total views. Like some of them, I think are about 17 million for the actual episodes, uh, which when I was looking at, it, I was like, there's gotta be a mistake here. Like when I was like, and this is before any of this news broke when I was just looking at, cause I have no interest in, in the show really. But, um, 
but I was just looking at how many views they were racking up. I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's clearly an audience for this shit. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you can't help but, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the networks can't help but take notice and be like, oh, shit, this would be a good idea, you know? Um, so uh, to be uh, and, and, you know, there, there was already a, a relationship between Krasinski and uh, Viacom CBS because uh, uh, I think their producer on um, uh, on Jack Ryan, which, uh, you know, uh, for uh, Amazon, Krasinski plays Jack Ryan for the series uh, on Amazon Prime uh, and uh, Paramount Television is a producer of the show. And then Paramount Television, I believe, is owned by Viacom CBS uh, and then also Quiet Place, uh, which was, you know, Krasinski's film that he uh, wrote and directed uh, is also uh, under the Paramount Pictures uh, banner. So, you know, it's kind of like a duh. It's probably, sort of e- probably easier to keep like keep it all in the family, you know? Yeah. It's not going yeah. to go outside of CBS. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's some good news for everybody. John Krasinski's accountant. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the car dealership that has probably been trying to get him to get the newest model of whatever vehicle he's driving. Uh, you know, everybody gets paid, right? CBS has got mm-hmm. a new program. And, and, and I think there is, um, you know, I know those numbers, like the views and subscribers are uh, are pretty up there for like a show that's obviously the sign behind him looks like it was created by maybe his like children or maybe he did it. Um, you know, the low budget production, but like the, the purpose of it is, um, you know, like feel good stories. Right. And I think there's always going to be an audience for that. Um, so my, uh, you know, my mom, uh, her husband, they're like big news people. Right. And it is insane to me like how the news is delivered and fed to people and how people just continue to, uh, to, to like watch the news as it is today, as if there's nothing wrong with it. Like every time I turn on the local news, it's like, you know, this person was murdered. This person was shot and stabbed and killed. This person got shot in the neck, survived and died two days later from a stabbing. And it's like, like how is how, how are we not realizing that like, you know, all of this stuff is at a, in, in, a cer- in a certain way shaping your train of thought and like your decision making, right? Um, the news that, you know, whether CBS, NBC, Fox or whatever, it's all like really bad shit. Um, so I think the concept of this show, Some Good News, is is great. I hope that they take the production of it to the next level. They continue, whoever, like the host of the show is going to be, they, they continue to make it fun. They continue to make it interesting. And they keep the premise of the show alive and they keep it running where it just focuses on good news, feel good stories, things that matter to people. Um, so like huge shout out to John, John Krasinski here. Great idea. Um, brought it to life. I hope CBS takes the baton and runs with it and doesn't fuck it up. Yeah. Uh, so just to say real quick, uh, these are some of the objections I had because there is a lot of backlash to Krasinski about this. Right. Um, so for one and, and to be fair to the people who are, who are you know, have a, a gripe with him about this, um, they kind of have a point. Right. Like the show is no longer like pure. Right. Like it was just a show that he cooked up in his. Uh, you know, in his house, you know, and, you know, he was just doing it kind of off, not necessarily off the cuff, but like, you know, it just looked really like low budget. And it's just like, look, I just want to give you guys some good news. And that's it. Like, I don't have any other interest here. Um, So I get that. It's no longer pure. But also, like, it it, it points to like a, a larger issue with when you create content, who is the actual owner of that content, right? So 
we as fans uh, kind of project onto whoever the artist is, whoever the person is making the content, um, we, we project onto them what we want them to be. So they produce a thing, we see it, and then we immediately project onto them, hey, this is what we want you to be. Here's what we want you to do, right? Under what fucking circ- uh, uh, under what fucking circumstance? <laughs> I don't fuck that. Up. Under what fucking circumstance? <laughs> <laughs> under what fucking circumstance did Krasinski ever make a deal with the fans that hey, I'm going to continue this for the next 15 years? Uh, all those movies that I was planning to do, fuck them. Um, all those shows that I'm a part of, fuck them. I'm just going to dedicate myself specifically to this show. At no point did he ever make that agreement with the fans. And 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 then when he and 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 the most hilarious part about this entire thing is is that uh he's a celebrity, right? He started off as a celebrity, leveraging his celebrity to get guests onto his show to get people to watch the show. And then he's a celebrity who leveraged his celebrity to then sell that show to uh, a network. Why are you mad at him? I don't understand. Like I'm, I'm really drawing a drawing a blank as to why people are pissed at him. If this entire time, all he's done is just leverage his celebrity at every turn. Like the only reason why, like if Joe Blow from fucking down the street from me started a YouTube page called Some Good News and had some dope content there, ten people would watch it, right? Like, like, and I'm not trying to say that to like disrespect that person. And maybe they might even get more views than that, but they would never get as many views as John Krasinski has gotten with some good news. And so like, he's a, he's a person who leveraged his celebrity to get people to watch the thing and then did the same thing by selling it to a network. I don't understand like why people are acting like, oh my God, it's no longer pure. You're, you're, you're sellout selling at what? Yeah. You wouldn't be watching if John Krasinski wasn't fucking hosting this thing. Like if he wasn't a, a giant celebrity. Yeah, it's you like so you're, it's just... you're 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 fascinated with the celebrity, not necessarily the thing, right? Yeah. And the creator of the show, John Krasinski, like he created a thing that he and he realized he could monetize it and he sold it. Um, just because you create something, just because you're a creator, does not mean you have to be tied to the art or the thing that you created for the rest of your life. A lot of creators do the thing, like do the creation, and move the fuck on to sell it, and so they can keep creating. Right? Imagine yeah. being a creator, and you do one great thing, and then you have to continue to do that one great thing for the rest of your life, and you can never yeah. do a second or third or fourth or fifth great thing because people expect you to stick to the one. That's not how it yeah. works. John created some good news. It's great. A lot of people love it. CBS has it now. I hope CBS only does right by the show and in its original premise, keep that going. Just, you know, bigger production, better quality show, more guests. Um, You know, I hope the future of the show is brighter than, you know, it's past. Uh, I hope John Krasinski still is a part of the show in some capacity, maybe as an executive producer or as, as a guest host on occasion. Um, but no, he didn't sign up to do this thing for the rest of his life. He just created it. You enjoyed it. You can continue to love it. Yeah. And also, you know, the same people who are saying like, oh, you're a sellout. It's very confusing because it's like, well, are you here for the show or are you here for John Krasinski? Um, much like you were just saying, because it's like, well, if you're if you're here for the show, well, you're like he made it so that you can continue getting the show right like perpetually right but if you're just here for john kaczynski it's like well what agreement did he have that he's going to continue this for like the next whatever uh people are stupid i think is the uh in the immortal words of uh remy ma are you dumb 
if you're if you're right now saying to yourself, "Oh, why did he sell this? He's a sellout." My yeah, Remy Ma says it best. Are you dumb? Are you dumb? The, <laughs> I mean, a hundred million dollars. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but like, let's say it's to the tune of like. 50. I don't know if it was those Rogan. Yeah, those Rogan numbers. Those Rogan numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> is is that the new staple? Like that? You got to hit that Rogan number. That's what we want. <laughs> that when you're in a contract negotiation, say I want Rogan numbers. Give me the Rogan. Uh, well, you know, let's say to the tune of twenty million, fifty million, whatever. Uh, that is for having created something behind your computer just for like in, in a matter of two months and being able to monetize it and sell it to a network for 20 million, of course he's going to sell the show. He'd be stupid not to. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. I, yeah. Yes, I'm selling. Where do I sign? He, have it. It's yours. <laughs> you take responsibility for it now. Let me know when the check clears. Here's I need to rent a direct deposit. Yeah. <laughs> I need to renovate my kitchen. I want Italian marble flown in from Italy <laughs> once the coronavirus <laughs> shit is over. Um, but yeah, of course yeah. he's gonna sell out. So anyway, shout out to John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's move on here to our uh, to our next story. Uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately not necessarily a good one, but one that I think is actually vital to uh, to actually talk about. Um, so uh, Hannah Kimura, uh, Kimura, I believe is uh, you know, and anybody's free to correct me if I'm pronouncing her incorrectly, but uh, she's essentially uh, she was a pro wrestler as well as a um, uh, 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 personality on a, uh, a reality TV show called, uh, uh, Terrace House, uh, Tokyo. Um, so let me, let me give you the, the rundown here from, uh, from both CNN as well as a variety, uh, Kimura, a cast member on the latest season of, um, uh, uh, of the Netflix show Terrace House, uh, died on Saturday, uh, at the age of 22, confirmed by, uh, world, uh, Wonder Ring, uh, stardom, the professional, wrestling organization that represented Kimura. Uh, Japanese, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Terrace House uh, is a Japanese reality TV show. Um, and uh, basically, I believe that they're, uh, they're looking to cancel this p- uh, coming season of the show because of this, uh, this, this tragedy that happened. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Terrace House, at least from my understanding, it's, it's a little different than other reality TV shows in that it's not necessarily like about like the big blowups and and, um, you know, explosions, you know, that uh, that happen on reality TV shows. But it's more about like really just like the Monday, like everyday life shit that happens um, to people. Uh, and so that's what makes the show different. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to this is because uh, and this is a excerpt from, I think, uh, Variety. Uh, shortly before her death uh, was reported, Kimura posted a photo of herself with her cat on Instagram um, uh, with the caption, I love you. Uh, live a happy, uh, long life. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, uh, then of course, you know, uh, word broke that she, uh, she, she had passed away, uh, due, uh, at least is, is what's being reported right now due to, uh, suicide. Although I, I don't know if it's necessarily been confirmed yet, but, uh, early word is that that's what it was. Uh, and a lot of people are saying that, uh, and this again is, is from the, uh, Variety, uh, article the 22 year old Kimura was reportedly the target of cyberbullying triggered by an uh, altercation with a male cast member on the show. Uh, She was also vilified for her appearance uh, in uh, comportment. So, uh, you know, essentially, like, I I wanted to talk about, like, dude, like, I don't think people really understand, 
like what <laughs> you know you, you get you know people who are online trolling and they think it's funny they think it's hilarious they think it's dope um but uh i don't think they really understand exactly what their words uh mean to people like even if it is just like you know just dicking around oh like you know hey you know i'm just having some fun online whatever um yo your words have like they mean shit to people, you know? Um, and, and so it's like, yo, you, you, you live behind the wall of this. Like you could just type where the fuck you want and it's okay. Like there's, there's not anybody's going to come for you. Um, uh, but your words actually mean something to uh, people. And I know that there's some people out there right now. Maybe they might, might even comment on this fucking video, uh, th- that we're going to put out on, on, on YouTube. Um, uh, Oh, like, you know, if, if a person can't take the heat, you know, didn't get off of online or whatever, but it's just like, dude, like, it's for one it's you know social media is a a sphere that we all sort of use and then two it's like you don't always know where your limits are right so like if somebody has like a therapist if they if they can diagnose like hey here's what you're dealing with maybe you these are some strategies you can use but if you're just a person who's just going through life and then all of a sudden you get all this online fucking hate for whatever reason um you don't know how to like immediately handle that. And some people can't, you know, and it's not just easy. It's not just as easy as, oh, I'm just going to get off of online. Sometimes you read people's comments and it's that shit stays with you, you know, and it's already out there. It's already there. You know, you can already see it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think it's a fucking shame, man. And and people just need to like fucking like and, and it gets complicated, right? Because what counts as cyberbullying, right? Like if you say like if you're if you're if you say some shit that's like wild and crazy and then somebody comments on it and is pointing out that it's wild and crazy, it's like, well, I don't know if that counts as cyberbullying. And so like it's it's a it's a hard space to navigate, but also there's people that are just straight dicks online and it's just like, yo, come on, like be better, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And, and I mean, I think social media platforms have the power and I mean, you've already seen Instagram start to test it where like they're turning off comments or um, they're, you know, they're like building in filters to prevent cyberbullying. Um, but at the end of the day, the action is is on the person, who, or the responsibility is on the person who's doing it, right? Like for those people who are cyberbullies and that's what they enjoy, it's like, you're just a fucking dick, you know? Um, for the people who like engage in cyberbullying and, and, you know, and, uh, you mentioned this before, like their comment is like, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen or um, you shouldn't be on Instagram. If you, if you aren't gonna, um, if you can't take comments or blah, blah, blah. Like, no, that's, that's not the case. That's not the reality of it. Right. It's that you really just, sh- there's no need for it. Right. There's no need to harass someone because you don't like the picture that they posted. You don't like the shirt that they're wearing. You don't like the way their, their hairstyle is. You don't like the, the shape of their body. It's as simple as continuing to scroll past or unfollowing or blocking, whatever you need to do. Um, there's no excuse for cyberbullying. What I think needs to happen is people need to be held accountable for it, right? It's very difficult to hold people accountable on Instagram. Um, but you know, I hope over time, Instagram develops measures to track these types of things to where if someone, you know, if someone's comments are, are constantly being reported, like if you have, you know, 50 comments in a year that have been reported as like racist or violent or, you know, some type of cyberbullying, like you should be banned from the platform for a period of time, right? If those things persist, you should be banned from the platform indefinitely, right? Uh, now, mm-hmm. I think Instagram or Facebook will have their reasons why they 
don't want to ban someone indefinitely because you're just going to be banning like a thousand people a day because there are a lot of assholes out there. But yeah. um, I think the problem is the behavior is allowed on, on a lot of these social media platforms and there's essentially no uh, accountability for it. Yeah. So, so like it, it, uh, what I would sort of <clears throat> mention is, is like, I, I don't think that that that's necessarily the solution because it's like, because then like even and we've seen you know like that these companies then have very hard time sort of you know it, it seems like a weird process when they go through okay well who what counts as cyberbullying what doesn't count as cyberbullying and sometimes they get it wrong you know and so i think and, and you know for those who are saying like oh it counts as just like free speech it's like no it's a private fucking company it's not the government right like it's not twitter isn't owned by the government um so uh so first uh first amendment rights don't really apply there right uh if if they want to get kick you off their platform they are a fucking private company and they can do so um there's a it's a different debate on whether they should or shouldn't i don't necessarily think that they should because it's like then it gets touchy on what counts as what what i think is we always in every situation seem to absolve people right that like in like we are always going to have problems like this and it's always going to occur because people are out there doing this shit. And it's like, well, well, now we have to account for like the lowest common denominator of us and uh, and cater to them. You know, now they fuck it up for everybody because they can't fucking control themselves. Right. Because they have to fucking get online and start doing crazy shit. Start saying wild ass shit to people. It's just like, yo, like, yo, what's what's so dark? And, and like for those people and I'm speaking to those people directly right now who are looking at this situation with her and saying, oh, well, fuck it. Like, I guess she couldn't hack it, you know? For those people, how dark is your fucking life, my dude? Like, you know, whoever it is out there who who needs to fucking hear this right now, how dark is your fucking life that you would see a situation like that and that's your response? Yeah. What dark shit are you going through right now that you need to, like, talk to somebody about, that you need to get therapy about? Because that's a dark place to fucking be in, dude. That's dark. <laughs> that's and, dark, dude. And, and if those people are held accountable for their actions, they're just going to keep doing it, right? Because, like, they're like, uh, sure, you know, I, I'm an internet dickhead, um, but no one's ever going to find me because I have this, like, fake, this Kevin Durant burner account that I use um, with, like, no profile picture and with uh, no like verification of who I am. So I'm just going to troll the internet um, looking for, looking to attack people for whatever reason. I, I think in order to like have an account on, on Instagram, you should have to have like a real photo of yourself or uh, maybe it's like a business account or something like that. And which is why you can have like a logo or something like that. And the account should be verified in some way or form to eliminate all of those troll accounts um, that are just used to hide behind or to attack people. Um, and then if you have an account, you got to put your fucking real name on there. So if you're going to attack me on Instagram, okay, I know who you are at least. And so when I report you, you can be held accountable because now you know instagram or facebook they know who you are as well uh, or i could just pull up on you <laughs> yeah that, you know the, the 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 thought of being pulled up on will check a lot <laughs> that, that'll prevent a lot of people from hitting send on those um on those uh like very like derogatory or just like rude or abusive messages that they're about to send right if yeah. i know your name and you've posted your like your pictures in your work uniform and i i know where you are and i could pull up on you 
you're going to yeah. think differently about hitting seven. different scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, you know, then you end up uh, getting the hemmed up as we see with this, uh, this whole uh, situation in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, uh, yeah. Then, that, then that gives the cops the right to, Oh yeah. All right, Lorraine, let's, uh, let's put you on the ground. Let's put our foot on your neck, you know, and let's keep it there. So, you know, latex gloves uh, and a throwaway. That's how I solve my problems. <laughs> okay, James St. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's, let's move here uh, forward here, and uh, and again, um, you know. Um, uh, you know, I'm sorry that uh, that that Hannah Kimura uh, she passed away. Um, very sad situation, uh, absolutely indeed. And 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 let this be a um, kind of a, a a learning moment for everybody about you know just how we all conduct ourselves online. But uh, yeah, we, we we pressed forward here. Uh, to some uh to some other news uh hold on let me make sure i get this straight there we go all right so uh we fucking got news news broke today that uh yo my dude might be fucking back my guy might be back henry cavill uh is uh in talks reportedly to a return as uh, uh, the Cape Crusader. No, Cape Crusader. What the fuck am I doing? Uh, the Man of Steel uh, is what I wanted to say. He's not Batman. He's going to be playing Superman, of course. Um, although, wouldn't that be a weird scenario if Henry Cavill came back and played like a Batman? Uh, that'd be hilarious. Um, so Variety is reporting that uh, Henry Cavill isn't uh, hanging up his uh, Superman cape just yet. Sources confirmed to Variety the Man of Steel actor is in talks to return as Clark Kent in an upcoming DC Comics movie uh, in a men's health uh, uh, health December cover story. Uh, uh, Cavill re- uh, revealed that he had not given up on the role. He basically just says, "Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really done with this shit. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about." Because uh, there was like so like stories a while back that. Um, uh, that uh, Warner Brothers uh, or DC was looking to move on from Cavill as uh, the Man of Steel uh, as Superman and uh, Cavill was like uh, niggas you guys signed a contract uh, yeah. 18 movies uh, I'm going to play each and every one of them <laughs> <laughs> and I need that money up front <laughs> yeah um, so uh, yeah. what I want to do really quickly is give some like background on like who Henry Cavill is for the people who don't know right um, his fucking name is insane by the way uh Good thing he went with Henry Cavill. E- much easier to say than his real name. Real name being Henry William Dalglish Cavill. Um, he, was bo- he was born somewhere crazy, too. Somewhere I've never fucking heard. It's called ba- <laughs> Balawick of Jersey, uh, which is a British crown dependency in the Channel Islands. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I've read it two or three times. I <laughs> still don't know what it means. Um, so uh, you you may also know Henry Cavill from movies. Uh, obviously, you know him from The Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, Mission Impossible. Uh, the most recent Mission Impossible film, Fallout. Um, he was recently in The Witcher, which premiered on Netflix, which was supposed to be somewhat of a Game of Thrones-style um, TV show. Uh, there, there are a couple of other smaller films that he's been in, uh, including The Night Hunter, which came out in 2018, uh, Sandcastle, which was a, uh, I believe it was a movie on Netflix in 2017, uh, as well as like the man, uh, the man from Uncle, which also starred Arnie Hammer. Who else was in that movie? Um, wasn't Brie Larson uh, in that movie? Uh, the Man from Uncle. Yeah. No, Brie Larson was uh, indeed not. Oh, Alicia Vikander, as well as Elizabeth uh, Debicki, who we just mentioned, is also going to be in Tenet. Uh, So, yeah, you know, uh, as well as the Immortals. Immortals came out in 2011, one of my favorite movies. Um, That shit was dope. So Henry Cavill, he's done a lot of great work. And the reason why um, he is 
to date by far the best actor to ever play the Superman role is not only does uh, he have stellar acting ability, right? Like I think he has range. Um, you know, he can be he can be charming. He can be funny. He can be serious. He can um, deliver emotion without um, without like saying words. He has great like facial expression and and presence on film, right? Um, he's also fucking jacked. Right. <laughs> like this guy, I, I don't know his height and his weight, but I know that he is fucking jacked. If you've seen the Immortals, if you've seen The Witcher, if you've seen Man of Steel, you know that he fills out the costume. Um, can I? I'm going to say it. No homo. <laughs> no disrespect to the gay community, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so <laughs> I thought about it for a second. And then I was like, uh, let me be true to who I am. I'm going to say it. <laughs> So like meaning like he has the he has a physical stature to like, you know, he looks good in the Superman costume. Right. Um, he has everything. Everything about him is, you know, who you'd imagine the Superman character to be. So I think this was him returning as Superman was many things. It was he knew that he wanted to continue to play the role. He wasn't done with the role. Um, and, he, and he sees himself being able to continue and, and continue to build on this character. And I also think the studio knows that there's no fucking way we're going to find anybody to replace him as Superman. And why start again? So let's go back to the negotiation table. Um, it would have been insane if you if we saw like some other clown in 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 this role. Like, who, yeah. who would even like shortlist? Who do you think could even play the next Superman? Uh. I, well, I think, you know, I think we now we can put the rest of those, I guess, Michael B. Jordan uh, 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 rumors that were going around that he he was up for for a, uh, a new Superman project. Um, I don't know. Nor do I give a fuck. Uh, like we're keeping Henry Cavill, at least for now, uh, which is great. Uh, the thing I'm more concerned about is, is what movie he's actually going to be in, because I always thought it was unfair that they put the awfulness that was. Batman versus Superman and uh, Justice League, it seemed like they were putting that on his shoulders that, you know, oh, people didn't like him. So therefore they didn't like the movie. It's like, no, you're, you just made shitty movies, uh, which, uh, you know, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about today. Sadly, uh, maybe we'll come back uh, maybe a little later today to finish this up. But um, but uh, I always thought it was unfair, sort of how the what he he got the the backlash or not backlash that he got, but sort of the treatment that he got from the studio uh, about um, you know about his his turn as Superman. Um, but uh, I, I think maybe perhaps the more important thing to me is what project is actually coming up next. Here's what I'll say: there are a lot of people out there who love Man of Steel. I am not one of them. I wanted to love it, and when I was sitting in the theaters, I remember you know the. Uh, I was watching a movie, the, uh, the movies about like maybe a minute away from ending. And, uh, for some reason, I guess it was just like the theater fucked up, but the lights came on in the theater and I was like, wait, 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 guys, this is the end. This is how we're ending it. Because I had the feeling of give me more. Like I wanted more out of, uh, out of the whole story of man of steel. It, it was a great setup. It was a great first part to a longer story is, is how I would categorize man of steel. Uh, but I always wanted a follow up to it so that I can, we can dive more into like who he is as Clark Kent and his uncomfortableness as, uh, uh, as a, as a foreigner, as well as a, like, and I guess we got a little bit about, uh, of that in, um, Batman versus Superman, but I don't need all the super uh, Batman shit in it. They already, 
you know, showed us that they're incapable of cooking up a good story from that spectrum. So just give me just a, 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 a compliment to Man of Steel and I will be satisfied beyond belief with Man of Steel if I get the proper sort of uh, um, companion piece, if you will, yeah. to, uh, to, to Man of Steel. Yeah, I agree. I always felt like Man of Steel could have been what um, Batman Begin was, right? Like, here's mm -hmm. the beginning of a story. We're building up to something, um, you know, future storytelling to come. Um, you know, here's the slow build up. We're going to give you a little bit of the character. We're going to introduce maybe like a low level villain. Uh, and then there's going to be much better storytelling in like the third or the second and third installments to come. We haven't gotten that second or third installment, obviously. So I'm hoping that the next movie, uh, to your point that Henry Cavill plays uh, or stars in as Superman. Um, I hope it's a standalone Superman movie and not one of these like, you know, fuckery mashups you know like uh batman versus superman or uh justice league i also didn't think batman versus superman was too bad um it wasn't really it was it was a god awful but i i that's unacceptable it's a god it was, I, I, it's terrible. I liked it i, I think i've only seen it once but i would watch it again one more time and that's it uh, what my what my plan was was uh, before we shot today was actually to watch the entire thing: Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, uh, to watch them all in their entirety to uh, like be able to. Yeah, I know that's kind <laughs> of a waste of life, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it really is. Um, but uh, in anywho, uh, it's good to see Henry Cavill is is uh, is potentially coming back for. For another Superman turn at Superman, um, you know, let us know in the comment section below, like what you think about it. Uh, whether you you fuck with Cavill as uh, the Man of Steel, or whether you see somebody else uh, fitting better into that role, uh, whatever you think, uh, just let us know uh, in the comment section below. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our next story here, uh, which is one that's uh, wolf. Uh, you talk about coming up on a bag, god damn. Um, so uh, we got a story uh, about Joe Rogan uh, coming into some serious cash. I wonder how many people are hitting him up right now. Like, yo, it was good. Yo, we haven't talked in a while. Let's uh, let's conversate. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, well, you know who is hitting Joe up? Uh, Dana White. So he's a, obviously the president of the UFC. Um, Joe Rogan has been a longtime UFC like a commentator, announcers, personality in general. Dana White's like uh joe do you plan on coming back to work you know <laughs> are we gonna fuck no <laughs> are we to see you on monday maybe uh i didn't see you uh log on to the zoom call last week uh no one's been able to get in touch with you and joe's just like yo listen i got i got that hundo bag now so uh, and i'm talking about a hundred milli so yeah uh, but yeah, I, I would imagine people are coming out of the woodworks, uh, not necessarily asking for handouts, but like trying to figure out, okay, how do I get a small piece of that, that Spotify money that Joe's about to get? And for anyone who's not aware, um, we're talking about the most recent announcement. Joe Rogan is now moving his platform to, uh, an, an exclusive partnership with Spotify, um, uh, the deal is rumored. Uh, has it been confirmed yet? Or is yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I mean, he even announced it himself um, that uh, that that he was going to be doing this. So, so yeah, it's more or less. And, and actually, can you uh, can you sit back just a little bit for me? Yeah. So like, yeah, there we go. The, the, the deal uh, or the 
the numbers are roughly a hundred million dollars. Um, over what period of time? I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, the the details of the deal we're not sure yet, but uh, it's it's, yeah. it's about a hundred million dollars. So. Yeah, and, and, I, and I can give a little bit of summary. So, uh, and this comes from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, so Joe Rogan is taking his podcast exclusively to, uh, to Spotify and a licensing deal worth more than $100 million, according to a person familiar with the matter. Now, he already came out and, like, like I said, uh, announced it himself. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and also, like, I want it to be highlighted that this is a licensing deal. Like, they don't have the ownership of the actual show. Um, but his full library, dating back 11 years, is to hit the uh, service, and I'm talking about Spotify in this case, September 1st, uh, and become exclusive to Spotify uh, after that, uh, before the end of the year. Um, his uh, video podcast, which will uh, appear, uh, which, which will also appear on Spotify, will no longer be available on YouTube, which is fucking huge. That's... Uh, that's gigantic. Uh, that's seismic news to know um, is happening uh, because, you know, Joe Rogan is, is clearly a staple within a podcasting community. He set the standard for podcasters uh, pretty much for, you know, like the last, uh, I would say, you know, and uh, I'm not I have no evidence to back this up. I haven't actually looked at it myself, but I would have to say at least for like the fa- like last five or six years, he's been sort of the the, the standard bearer for podcasters. Um you know, in terms of always being kind of number one on on iTunes or Apple Music or whatever the fuck you call it these days. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rogan. Um, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck to say about this. Holy shit. A hundred. Like, what would you, what would be the first thing you do when you if you can if you sign that contract for a hundred <laughs> million? And I and I and I, I wonder if this is like for the year or. Uh, if it's for the length of the contract, like, so for instance, if the contract is for like four years, right? Is this for the full length of the contract that he's going to get a, a, a hundred billion or a hundred billion? Um, he's on his way, I guess, but uh, a hundred million, or is it per year that he has that contract uh, that it's, it's for, I, I don't know the details about that. Uh, hopefully maybe somebody in the comment section below can let us know, but um, yeah, holy shit, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, what's the so obviously this like w- whenever these contracts are signed, right? It's not like you just get a hundred million dollars in your bank account. Um, this, these deals are typically a hundred million over a, p- a period of time. Like, let's just say it's a hundred million a year. Do I think uh, Rogan, Joe Rogan, can generate the Spotify platform a hundred million dollars a year? Uh, absolutely, uh, if not more, right? So, uh, let's say it's a hundred million dollars a year, right? what do you do? Like, where do you start? I don't know. <laughs> and, and you know what? I don't take Joe Rogan as a guy to just like start wildly spending money. And, um, yeah. you know, I think he's Joe Rogan's had a lot of money for a long time. So it's, it's, you know, at this point, I'm sure he knows how to spend that money, how to invest that money. Um, but you gotta, you, you gotta think a guy like Joe Rogan, who's, you know, an avid weed smoker um, is gonna, <laughs> is gonna get some of the, best quality yeah. product i mean straight from afghanistan uh yeah. that direct plug and it's going to be yeah. in uh mass i'd I buy a warehouse uh <laughs> to store <laughs> my weed to be honest that that's that might yeah. be what he'll do get him one of those like amazon warehouses and just uh stockpile i wouldn't be surprised does he have his own line is uh, you mean a weed yeah I mean, if he didn't before, he's going to have one now. I would, <laughs> as if that's his like one of his first business ventures. Like, let me start my own uh, uh, hemp CBD 
weed line uh let me you know open up like me like retail locations like uh launch my own e-com platform you know i I think we're gonna see a lot more coming from joe rogan now that he has this capital i i honestly don't think that that that's necessarily going to be the case i think it's actually probably going to be the case that he just kind of continues doing the same old shit that he always does because it seems like that's what he enjoys you know what i mean like if you wanted to start a weed you know, dispensary or some shit that he could have done that 10 times over. He might even have one now. I have no idea. But I would just suspect uh, kind of what you were saying is, is that like he's already he's not necessarily clearly not like old money, but he's clearly had the money long enough that uh, that he knows like pretty much what to do. And he like, you know, everything really now is just icing on the cake basically for him. And, you know, what sort of lets me know that is, is that um, he uh with before he signed this deal with Spotify, he actually was kind of talking a little dirty about Spotify in terms of like they don't really pay shit, uh, which he would be basically correct in saying that, you know, to, at least to some degree. Um, and it's like, what does Spotify actually do? Like, really, all they perf- uh, uh, all they all they provide is a platform right now. One of the hugest platforms, you know, on Earth in terms of, you know, uh, uh, listening to music as well as now, you know, uh, obviously with this deal uh, now, the podcasting ventures. Um, but he had the opportunity to basically tell Spotify to go piss off and for him to essentially monetize the podcast himself, uh, not partnering with YouTube, not partnering with Spotify. Um, but just putting the podcast out himself and then having people like pay two or three bucks or whatever a pop to, you know, buy into the uh, uh, so that they can, you know, receive the podcast, whether it's, you know, the entire podcast or just clips, whatever. I don't know. Um, but he didn't do that because he's like, I don't want to do all that fucking work because that takes work and planning. Now, he actually probably stands to make more money if he did that. But this is just the easier way to go. Right. Yeah. Um, at least to, to, to some extent. So, um, so, you know, I, like I respect the fact that he's just admitting like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this shit myself. You know, D- they pay me the money. I just keep sitting in the fucking chair, just keep talking about nonsense with people and we both win. You yeah. Know? And, um, and you know what, so. this goes back to something that like, uh, uh, that, it's kind of like a, a podcast I was listening to. I think it was like an interview that I was watching um, from, is it Draymond? Uh, it's the guy who started FUBU. He's also on Shark Tank. Mm. I have no idea who the fuck you're talking uh, about. But. You don't know. He started FUBU back in the day. He's on, he's like one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Um, let me, no let me, I got to pull it up really quickly. I got to pull it up. Uh, his name is. Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, fill in this dead space. No, no, his time. name is Damon John. Uh, Damon John, okay. he's a he's an investor. He's a shark. He's a entrepreneur. Uh, again, he was one of the. Uh, I think he started Fubu, the clothing company, back in the day. So he was uh, talking about how, like, you know, for a lot of people, the goal is to get like a, you know, they may set their goal like, I want to be a millionaire, right? I want to make a million dollars, right? Um, and the question he asked, which I thought this was such a great question, is is you know the simplest question in the world, like why? Why do you want to be a millionaire? Why do you want a million dollars? why not 10 million, right? Why not 50 million? Why not 100 million? Why not, you know, 500,000, right? That's a lot of money to make in a, in a single year. $500,000 is a lot of money. Like why, why when people set those monetary goals, like why are those the goals, right? Um, and I think you brought up an interesting point. Like Joe Rogan, you know, he's doing what he loves to do, like these po- the, his podcast, right? Um, you know, 
and he's been doing it successfully for a long period of time. And a part of that success is like this hundred million dollar Spotify deal. Um, but he doesn't really have to change much. Like he doesn't have to go out and start doing new things, start building new things, start, you know, start a new business. He could literally just keep doing his podcast, keep doing what he loves, keep smoking and do nothing else. Uh, and in doing so, he'll continue to be happy. Right. So, um, Anyway, I, I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there, right? To like, just because you're doing something and you start to make a little bit of money does not mean you have to start uh, change with that thing that you're doing, right? Uh, if your goal is monetary, you know, that's not always like the best way to go about doing your thing. You got to figure out why you're doing it. When you figure out why, when you know why, when you start doing it, when you get good at it, money will come. And I think that's just what we're seeing here from, from Joe Rogan. He's built this thing over time. And this is the result of putting like your time and de- dedication and effort into that thing. So huge shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, a hundred percent like, uh, gotta get the, uh, gotta give him the air horns real quick. Uh, because you know, he came up on a bag, you know, and, uh, he knew exactly what to do with that bag. So, uh, shout out to Joe. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and you know, something that I guess all podcasters should try to, uh, aspire to, uh, you know, obviously we're the fade podcast, so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this particular story. I know we're a little late to the game, but, uh, it is what it is. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you can, uh, comment below, just talk to us, let us know what you think about the, the Rogan deal. You know, do you, do you, do you think he, uh, he should have, you know, done it on his own? Should he have? Uh, you know, just waited to uh, to build out a platform for himself? Or do you think he did the right thing in terms of partnering with Spotify? Um, you know, especially given the fact that it's a licensing deal, not like an ownership deal, right? Like they, Spotify doesn't own the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, he still owns it. It's just that they're licensing the thing for, for a stretch of time. And so who knows? Maybe the next contract he signs after that, I don't know how long this contract is, but maybe the next one's like that much bigger, right? You know, if, they, if, if this one hits, you know, so... Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, pushing forward, we are going to t- uh, talk about uh, super quick. Uh, you know, we'd also be remiss if we didn't talk about um, this uh, this Ruby Rose thing uh, that's going on with uh, um, Batwoman. Uh, so word broke uh, last week that uh, Ruby Rose will no longer uh, be uh, playing the role of um, Batwoman for the uh, CW show. Of course, uh, this comes from EW. The Australian actress uh, actress is leaving Batwoman. Um, uh, I lost my place. Uh, losing the Batwoman. Ugh, yikes. All right. The Australian actress is leaving Batwoman uh, in light of uh, this decision. The CW superhero drama will recast the role uh, ahead of the second season, which will hopefully premiere uh, in 2021. Um, she had these comments to say, I think, uh, after this news broke, uh, basically saying, I, uh, I've i made the decision, uh, a very difficult decision to not return as Batwoman next season. Uh, this was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, uh, and every Everyone involved with the show in Vancouver and in Los Angeles. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So the CW is going to recast the show, but now, like the, the big debate is: Did she get fired or did she leave on her own accord? Um, you know, there's yeah. been uh, conflicting uh, things here and there, but uh, but yeah, go ahead. And and I mean, the initial announcement was a was a joint statement between her as well as the CW had issued a statement as well. So what we've found out is that 
uh, and like more things are coming to light. And I also think she recently did an interview, her like first interview where she spoke about the topic, but like, let's do a little bit of like backstory here, right? So uh, she was Ruby Rose who plays Kate Kane, um, who is Batwoman in the CW series. Uh, she was cast as like the first openly gay live action superhero character on in television or film, right? So it was, it was a huge announcement, brought a lot of people to the platform. The first season of Batwoman was very successful. Um, during the filming of the first season, uh, Ruby Rose to sustain like a pretty significant back injury as far as I understand. Uh, what it was, I don't exactly know, but um, it, you know, it's come to light that she was, for the most part, unhappy with like the with the production of the show throughout the course of season one. What are the exact things she was unhappy about? I don't know. I don't believe like those like granular details have come out just yet. Uh, but it was like a well known thing on set that she wasn't happy with like how it was being filmed. Um, when the star of the show is not happy, they're genuine. They're generally going to be pretty difficult to work with. Um, so I think someone on the inside of the production team or who was on set or maybe like another co-star had spoken to, I, I believe it may have been like Entertainment Weekly or something like that, basically saying that like she became very, very difficult to work with and people just didn't enjoy working with her. Um, so the decision that she would leave was like a mutual decision. I think CW wasn't interested in in bringing her back. So they gave her the option to leave, right? It's like, you know, we, it's like when you ask someone to tender their resignation, right? I think, I think that's kind of like what happened here. They were just like, hey, you know, uh, we made a decision that we're going to go in a different direction. We'll allow you to tender your resignation and we'll uh, end this relationship amicably. Um, that would be my, you know, if I were to take a wild guess as to what happened, that would be it for me. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much exactly what happened. Uh, obviously, none of us really know for sure. It's all just pure speculation outside of the people who are in the know um but yeah i think it was like kind of like a it's a breakup you know it's a hey i don't really like you you don't really like me anymore we had fun at the beginning but now you know it's kind of ran its course let's head our separate ways but it is big though right like not because it's the batwoman show part of cw because well let's face it everything cw sucks like uh let's yeah Let's just be frank. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, nobody really gives a shit about, uh, you know, whether it's Batwoman, The Flash. I mean, I guess you have some Flash fans, but even I think tra- fl- uh, The Flash is trash. You know, um, Superverse, I think Arrow or, or yeah. Supergirl. I think the show Arrow was pretty shitty from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, apparently people enjoyed like the first few seasons of Arrow, but like then thereafter it got uh, it took a pretty hard nosedive. But in any event, um it's not like I really care about like anything like that has to do with the CW, but it is huge in the way that like it, it, it's the first time that I can remember that, that the lead of a superhero show was like recast, you know, like and how like because that's that's a significant thing, right? Like it's the lead. It's not like she was like stunt double number three. It was like, yeah, she's the person, you know, that's the, every, like all the promotion and all the stuff is about Ruby Rose. And she's the first LGBTQ person to be playing a lead role and the whole rollout. And then all of a sudden to, to go from that to, yeah, uh, it's not going to work out is a pretty fucking significant thing. So I have to think that 
something happened. Something went very sideways uh, in order for, you know, this to to kind of play out the way it has. Uh, I'm not really saying I really give a shit either way. I I, I really thought the, the Bad Woman show was probably going to be trash from the start. And, you know, I, I checked out like a few minutes of an episode and I was like, yeah, no, nah, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. So I'm out. <laughs> I watched one entire episode and I was just like, wow, this is shit. Um, <laughs> it was just not good. So, like to be honest, I, I I think for the CW, like they have the potential to like recover from this, right? Um, they they made that first initial big move in casting her, right? Which was like, uh, you know, I think for both for her as well as for the network, it was a pretty significant statement that they were making, right? Um, or at least that's the way they propped it up to be. Uh, so. What they have to do now is say, all right, we had a successful season one. Uh, Ruby Rose has departed. Now we have to find someone to play this role who can not only like play the role, who has like, the acting ability, um, which to be honest, I think that's where Ruby Rose was like lacking a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I didn't watch too much of the show, but from what I understand, at least from some of the commentary online, it was that like her her co-stars were, you know, maybe a little bit ahead of her in terms of you know, just being able to like kind of steal the scene a little bit, you know, whenever they would have scenes together. Uh, I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you that for myself. Cause I, like I said, I, I didn't really like watch the show, but from it, from the part of it that I could, that I did watch, um, I, I don't really like, I don't even think even if you had a good actor in there, like that, that would be, <laughs> and I'm not even saying she's not a good actor. Like I, I really don't want to be, feel like I'm like, you know, uh, shitting on Ruby Rose or anything. Um, I, I you know, I, I think that, you know, some, sometimes it's just not like some some chemistries or some vibes just aren't your thing, right? Like, so for instance, I, I watch Insecure a lot, right? Uh, with Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. I think the character of Molly and then the dude that she's dating right now, uh, we're in the middle of season four. I don't think they have any chemistry. Separately, I think that they're, they're fine actors and actresses, but I don't think they have any chemistry together. Like, it looks like cardboard bo- uh, boxes rubbing up against each other whenever they're on the, you know, on the on the <laughs> screen together. Um, and I, you know, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just the chemistry. Maybe I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, but it's just my opinion that they just don't have that much chemistry. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I don't know, maybe it just wasn't a good fit. Maybe both sides just realized like, oh, yeah, like it's just not this is not working out for either party. So, like, let's, you know, l- yeah. let's end the shit while we still can. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, luckily, like know. I said, luckily, the CW has an opportunity to, like, fix it. Right. Like, like if you have an actor who is in the show and, and, and things are just not right and the show goes on three seasons and then it gets canceled like that's you know, that's pretty bad. That's like something wasn't right in the beginning. You tried to like make it work throughout the show. And then it just, you realize that it just wasn't working. Right. Uh, now they have the opportunity to like start fresh, get somebody else in here, maybe get some new talent in different areas as well. Um, and then continue to produce what could be a, a, a better show. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Uh, best of luck to Ruby Rose. Again, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't really follow her too well. I'm not a particular like huge fan of hers, but like, I think she's uh, someone who's talented and has potential. Um, interesting. going to be interesting to see where she lands. It's going to be really interesting to see who gets recast in this role. I hope it's someone fucking so, a lunatic. Like let's get, <laughs> let's get Lindsay Lohan in here. <laughs> <laughs> well so so what i would think that they're going to do is recast somebody else who's also uh an lgbtq person 
um, in the role. Uh, And so where my mind kind of goes a little bit, but also she might not be, you know, that great for the role is, uh, was it uh, Cara, Cara DeLevine or whatever her name is? Uh, yeah, like yeah, I, I know who. Yeah, it, it, she, the the acting might might still suffer, but <laughs> I think that might actually be even worse. <laughs> and I mean, I, I think what they're gonna have to do really is bring somebody in who can also like play the role, because um, this is a live action. She Batwoman is a superhero, right? So someone who can you know sell the like the physical prowess of it. You know, like a Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, right? You know, you you can see that. I right, just, you know, she can fuck you up, right? Um, yeah. Like, and I, I forget what's her name, Mackenzie. I forget what uh, Davis. Mackenzie Davis, who played uh, the Terminator in the most recent Terminator movie, she looked the part, right? She great actress, but she can also sell you the action. Um, I, I think they're gonna have to bring someone in like that. Uh, Ruby Rose, she was super skinny. I'm not sure if you've ever like seen her. Just like regular, like out of costume, super, super skinny. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. We we've been over this before. Uh, I, I don't have such a problem with that. Uh, like you know, we, we had conversations about Robert Pattinson and uh, skinny Batman. And Batman. I really don't. I yeah. I really don't give a shit. Like we're suspending our disbelief enough to accept that somebody's going to be fucking repelling from a fucking, you know, from a eighteen story fucking building every single night. I think I can handle somebody who's, you know, maybe a little underweight for whatever, you know, the fighting Keep prowess uh, we, we'd be expecting from them. Keep going. Um, so, uh, so yeah, with that being said, uh, we are going to move on to our, our last story. And this is actually something that, uh, that, uh, that I find very, very, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is the hot button topic right now, right? Uh, everybody's talking about it. Um, and uh, yeah, so news broke this past uh, week that we are, of course, going to get the Snyder Cut. Uh, it's finally a thing. We're finally going to fucking get it. Um, okay, uh, so let me give you guys the Lolo. Uh, so Zack Snyder's uh, cut of his uh, 2017, and this comes to us from Deadline, uh, 2017 movie Justice League finally will see the light of day uh, with next year's um, HBO Max uh, streaming service. Snyder made the announcement, uh, you know, when he was doing uh, some sort of watch party for uh, Man of Steel, uh, you know, alongside of his uh, wife uh, and uh, actually uh, Henry Cavill. Uh, they were, they were, I guess, all in the uh, the same watch party um so to give everybody a little backstory who don't for whatever reason know what's going on so apparently uh so Zack snyder was the director of justice league as he's been the director of uh was the director of man of steel leading to batman vs superman and then of course justice league but then um you know his his daughter passed away uh and uh and so he had to step away from justice league because of that and then joss whedon stepped in in order to basically finish up the film um but uh you know there was a lot of sort of fan uh let's just call it uh fan backlash because uh there was rumors that Zack Snyder had his original cut of the film which apparently was way better than you know what was uh, ultimately produced uh by the commingling of his ideas and then Joss Whedon's ideas um, and so there we get, you know, the hashtag, the release, the Snyder cut, uh, which everybody, and look, 
before we even go any further, uh, I know that this video is going to get downvoted. Uh, people are going to give it a very strong thumbs down because I don't know if it's bots or whatever, but uh, but there's uh, a <laughs> there's a there's a large uh, conglomerate of uh, of of noise out there about you know if anybody says anything about the Snyder Cut that isn't like fanatic, then we're gonna you know crucify the people. I don't give a shit. You guys can all. I, I was about to. I'm trying to get out of the. Uh, the the realm of saying suck my dick like i i, I don't I, I think it's a weird comment to make so i'm trying not to say it but i don't know what cuts deeper than suck oh, my get dick. Out. it seems like <laughs> it's a good one it's <laughs> my dick isn't going anywhere anytime soon <laughs> yeah but uh you know uh, that that's pretty much how i feel is that like piss off dude like i i really don't give a shit if you guys like the commentary but i'm going to give you guys my real unabashed opinions about what the fuck we're dealing with in this scenario so, so to let everybody know, so HBO Max is going to be premier, uh, uh, launching next year, right? So what they did was they, they went to Snyder and said, hey, okay, we're going to release this, you know, your cut. Wait, 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 now, wait, wait, next year. I thought it was coming. No, no, this is, this is all happening like a year from now. Um, so, so th- that leads me to wh- what I'm about to say is, so he had, there's a, there was some of the film that was shot right but it's like unedited it doesn't have like any of the post-production visuals that need to be added in um you know i don't know if any of the adr work's been done for it uh it's pretty much in its like non-existent stage right now right like it doesn't really like there is no actual like snyder cut so much as there's a completely basically wholly unfinished movie that he still needs to like do a lot of shit to um that you know you know if this were normal circumstances he might actually require some of the actors and actresses to come back for reshoots right so what uh hbo did or or what warner, warner brothers i guess did in this case is go to him and say like hey we'll give you and i there's conflicting reports about what the actual number is but they basically said we'll give you about 20 to 30 million dollars right is is the, is the figures that we're essentially we're dealing with and you can go finish the movie is with all the stuff that you have already. Uh, what that means is you can go do visual effects. You can go do uh, ADR. And for those who don't know, that's basically just like where they go and do like audio overdub for the, um, for scenes for the, um, uh, for, for the actors, actresses, if they don't like how something was said, or if they didn't say the thing that they wanted, I don't know. Uh, they can go in and correct that with that. Right. Um, but what they won't go do is do reshoots, which is critical, right? Because if you've got a movie that you stitch together and it doesn't work, you you want the ability to go back to the actors and actresses and say, hey, this doesn't work without this particular scene. Now that we've put it all together, will you come back and shoot it? They're like, they're, we're not paying for that shit because that's a logistical nightmare to get to wrangle everybody up. Look, Ben Affleck's somewhere, you know, trying not to, you know, find any, 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 uh, any bottles, you know, to get into. And he, and he actually blamed, or he didn't blame, but he basically said, like, look, man, the role of playing Batman is going to kill me if I keep at it, you know, because I just, I don't know if I can handle all that right now, you know, as far as, you know, he clearly has issues with alcoholism and all that. So he's like, this role is not good for me. So he's clearly out of the picture and he's like half the fucking film, right? <laughs> um, uh, you're not going to be able to get Gal, Gal-, Gal Gadot back. You're not going to be able to get um, Henry Cavill, or, or I guess maybe according to reports that we have today, maybe they might be able to get Henry yeah. Cavill back. But I doubt if 
like it's just like a logistical nightmare to line up all those things so that everybody's schedules work together especially in the middle of a fucking pandemic um so it's just that's a lot of shit to like deal with um and so the my summary of this is is that yeah we're going to get a snyder cut but my my the underlying thing that i'm trying to say is is that look the movie's still going to suck. Like there's not like there's nothing we got from the previous films that's going to make us at all feel comfortable about like another Zack Snyder DC universe team up. Like there's there's nothing of it. So uh if you're a fanboy, great. You know, I'm great glad you have your movie. There's precedent for stuff like this. Like there's Deadpool, right? That there was like a lot of fan like you know, a lot of fans sort of uproar about like, hey, why don't we have a Deadpool film? And then we got a Deadpool film, right? Um there's uh there was another film that uh there's family guy uh right that was dead in the water for a while and then the fans were like no we we like this shit so they brought it back so there's precedent for shit like this but i just want to like calm everybody down by saying the film is still definitely going to suck uh it's just a level of degree of how much it's going to suck that's going to be the other uh, thing so you know i want to clear up one thing um i think we got confused a little bit earlier so hbo max did officially launch may 27 2020 so hbo max is a thing right that's out it's oh yes yes i'm sorry yeah i cut i made a mistake here. of the uh of the uh justice league film that will launch sometime next year yeah that's true yes um yeah i mean to your point you know i i hope it just sucks less you know <laughs> because i would like to watch it for a second time and 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 somewhat enjoy it um but yeah you know without being able to do the reshoots i mean i, I just don't really see how this film could get that much better uh but you know yeah. good luck to zach snyder I, you know i i hope it's better i don't i hope it's not like colossal shit but um you know i think he's working with uh you know he's working with a, a handicap so to speak um i mean but it, it's truth be told it's kind of a handicap of his own doing right like he he made it so that like he made a big deal about the Snyder cut. And I guess if you work on a film, you you have the desire to finish that film and to see it through all the way to the end, especially if it's like your passion project. Right. Um, I don't know if this necessarily counts as a passion project. But yeah, like I, I hope I wish him all the best. And I and I wish that it, we get an iteration of Justice League that's like more of his original vision for the for the for the thing but um but yeah for all those people like losing their mind like we told you the snyder cuts it's real it's on its way it's just like calm down all right go you know uh you know find some hobbies you know find some things that you enjoy in life you know that life's not all about a fucking snyder cut so just you know pump your fucking brakes worst scenario here is the movie sucks the same uh (laughs) yeah right back where we started zach snyder zach snyder but luckily for him, he's going to get paid either way. So he <laughs> talked himself into another paycheck. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens a year from now. Yeah, he uh, yeah he he must have been talking to the same people that Rogan was talking to. Uh, he was they've like, got, guys, I got they've it. got the I got same age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I know you got to roll out of here, but uh, uh, yeah, just in the comment section below, as uh, as much as I you know it's going to pain me to say, comment below with whatever you you know want to comment with uh, about the Snyder Cut. Do you like it? Not like the idea of it? Uh, are you looking forward to it? Uh, yada yada, all that shit. Uh, put it in the comment section below. Let us let us know. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think we will get the fuck out of here since you got to get some shit you gotta go do i got some shit i gotta go do uh ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you listening to the podcast uh per usual 
uh if you stuck around with us whole time we appreciate it but hit that like button hit that subscribe button hit that share button uh share the shit with anybody and everybody who you believe can can benefit from it uh and uh we will be back hopefully sunday i believe uh um yeah i think yeah yeah. we'll be back sunday uh with that ladies and gentlemen i do believe we will hit our very usual protocol fade out peace v fuck Oops.